Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. (laughs) Welcome to my show. Remember, each week, this is the place you go to when you want to learn about the latest in anything out of the ordinary, from shadow people to hat man, of course, <laughs> angels to aliens, and all of the above. I want you to know, if you have personally experienced something and you want to discuss it here on the show, you are more than welcome to come on here. If you want to get some insight, or even share insight, please go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com and write me. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what you've seen. And I'm telling you, the bigger the email, the better, because it really helps to paint the picture for myself and others who are tuning in and trying to learn and keep our ear to the ground on the pulse of everything going on out there. Because how else are we going to learn if we don't share? And that actually brings me to a conversation I want to talk about in this first segment before we get to my fabulous guest, who is Sean Austin, and uh, he's a demonologist, and he has some really fascinating work that he has been involved in, and I think you're really getting to enjoy the conversation. But something I wanted to bring up right now. So I get a lot of emails and I get a lot of stories or I get people who like to chat with me on different social media. And I really enjoy talking about these things the most that what is really on people's minds? What is it that's happening to the people out there? And uh, I am all about sharing. We have to be on the sharing level when it comes to these topics, because that's how we've gotten this far. That's how we've gotten people to pay attention and to uh, put out things there by different governments to say, this is real. A lot of people are talking, so they had to do something, right? They couldn't just ignore everybody. They did for a long time, but there was some acknowledgement along the way, but we really got the ball rolling when we all took a stand and we said enough is enough. Now, lately... I've been getting quite a few emails, and and I always tell people, let me know in the first line, if you do or do not want me to share your story on the air. And uh, as of late, it has usually been, please don't share this. Please don't share this. And and that's that's fine. I will absolutely always uh, oblige by what people would like. But I'm really, really hoping that we open up these floodgates a little bit more again, because I just don't know uh, how people 
can experience some of these most extraordinary things and can bottle it all up. I have people who write me and say, I have never told anybody else this. And they write me and I'm sitting there. Oh, it's some, some of it is just so very important. And I just don't know how they can keep it to themselves. It really, really is. uh, I, I don't know. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping to set a decent example on this program, to set that example of opening up and sharing and, and let people decipher and filter for what they feel to be true for themselves, because that's how it should be. No one should be cramming anything down anybody's throats. And uh, yeah, so I have had the emails coming in. But a lot of them are like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not ready to share. Or for all I know, they want to write a book and they want to get some advice on it just directly from myself. Or, uh, you know, they just really don't want to share. They don't know how to. Or they're afraid that others will identify them through their story. Uh, Because as I've mentioned on this program, a lot of times uh, people are like, yeah, you know, let's let's do this. You know, I want to tell you what's going on. But they don't want to do it verbally. And I came from a QFO conference not too long ago. And uh, I was sitting there recording to do the show. And the people were excited I had a packed room, standing room only. And guess what? Not one person wanted to go on the air. After I stopped recording, they just couldn't tell me more. I mean, it it's amazing to me. So there's a lot more work to be done that people are not comfortable yet uh, to share. And, and it's like you're at a conference. So obviously, people might recognize you, right? <laughs> uh, people might hear your story. And, and they didn't seem worried about the person standing next to them sharing their story. No, not at all. They were all talking loudly. Nobody was whispering. And and uh, I just, um, I don't know what button to push to help people along sometimes with that. But definitely, we have to. And, and for a lot of reasons. What could be those reasons? Well, uh, I'll tell you, uh, on the end of me talking on things that are very demonic, um, very dark and menacing, like shadow people, hat man, um, also negative alien beings, uh, you know, they're placing their bets on us not to figure them out, right? Because they could take advantage of us very easily because they wait until our eyes close and we're sound asleep and wham, they paralyze us and uh, <laughs> they have the upper hand. They're like, yeah, we're we're the ones that's more advanced. <laughs> yeah, right. Then take me on for who I am instead of sneaking around like that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, really? We all have to think about that. Why are they doing it that way? Uh, so many of us are like, I would pay good money for them to land and have a conversation. But things hide for a reason. They do. Why are why are they hiding? Uh, they're all positive and fluffy. Well, great. <laughs> I'd love to have that conversation. There are good ones and there are bad ones. But the ones that sneak, like a uh, thief in the night, uh, I don't I don't know. If my friend did that, I surely wouldn't want them to be a friend any longer. So I'm just planting the seed, okay? Um, <laughs> and if you tell them, please don't come back, let's see how they take that. If they try to convince you to allow it. And why do they need you to be okay with that? Is that wired? I mean, I don't know. Okay, I got off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I just want people to express what it is that they're experiencing and be more comfortable with it because this is how 
we put these things on notice. If they're not good for us, if they're not doing right by us, uh, we need to communicate what's going on out there. We need to tell the person next to us. We be we need to be able to tell our friends, our family, our our army, our team. You know, because who's going to come for you when you are pinned down and screaming and you can't get away from these things or or you need the power of many people putting their energy towards you or prayer even. You need your support team. You do. And if they don't know what's going on and if they so happen to trip up and into something like these things, these demonic things, these alien negative things, uh, you know, you could have planted that seed to be like, Oh, this is what they're talking about. This is what this is. And and that's what it's all about. So we really, really have to uh, pick up the pace on that arena, because I don't know how better to do this if we're not uh, speaking openly, if we're not sharing openly. And yeah, I get a lot of people who will tell me, yeah, you know, I was a toddler and I saw something. And, you know, as a kid, I kind of mentioned something to my parents and my parents kind of acknowledged it or they didn't. And they kind of skipped over it and moved on. And and it's like, uh, okay, what could have been learned all along if they had just communicated with each other clearly and openly about what was happening? You know, so if mom saw something, it would have been out in the open and been like, oh, well, my son's seen this, so I'm not crazy. I don't need to have that argument with my husband to say, I know I'm seeing this, you know. Um, it's just so much better. And it's just so, um, it, it, it opens up the horizons. It opens up the possibilities. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying. And I hope that everybody else uh tries to understand too if there's parts of your story when you want to send it to me uh, that you don't want to be highlighted if you don't want to be mentioned you know put it in parentheses or something say don't mention this part like if it details exactly where you live or something no need to share that I don't need to know exactly where you're at in order to get uh, the essence of what you're dealing with Um, sometimes I, I don't know about you guys but I lived in Chicago for a while right and say I mentioned I went to a restaurant and I gave the name. The conversation has to be halted by whomever I'm telling. It could be a room full of people or just a couple of people. And they're like, well, hold it. Is that on the corner of such and such? Yeah, yeah. Across the street from so-and-so. And then it was here and it was there. And it's like, they have to know exactly where it is, the fastest way to get there, and what's next door to it, and the time that they ate there, and then then you could tell your story. So they had to be really specific on the details. It's just so funny. Who needs a GPS, right? And and I learned to accept like, okay, they have to they have to do this. These are Chicagoans, true to the bone, and they have to give the details on where and how to get there and what's nearby. And uh, then the story can be completed. I don't need that information. Just so you know, I don't. You can just tell me what is going on. And make it as uh, generic or anonymous as you'd like. If you don't want your name put out there, I get that. But the goal is to try to help your fellow neighbors to be prepared in case they see something like this or get a similar scenario. And uh, this is a great place to do that. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping we all will indeed get to that level and uh, 
get our comfort on in these conversations. The world is so much more different. It's so open now with all the TV shows and film and everything trying to tell us and give us hints about what is going on about these paranormal or UFO or cryptozoological instances. So let's do this. Let's do it. So please don't forget, go to my main website, HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. Give me the details of what is going on. But it doesn't have to be a location, doesn't have to be your name, doesn't have to indicate anything about you. But think of the people out there who are anxiously awaiting to hear what's going on. And I'm telling you guys, you are in for quite a treat up next. Wow, demonology, dealing with really deep, dark, ugly stuff with Sean Austin. Ooh, it's going to be really, really fascinating. All right. Well, you guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. 
It's so easy to think, it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Oh, just as promised, I have a fabulous guest who will be joining me here next. Featured on series such as the lead investigator on Ghost Loop and the investigator Ralph Sarchi on The Demon Files or recent documentaries, Malefice and Devil Down South, Sean Austin travels the country in search of the unknown. With his experiences, he uses them to aid in the help of the living and of the dead. So I'd like to welcome my guest. Sean Austin. How are you doing today, Sean? Hey, Heidi. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? All as well. So my goodness, you have quite the background. You have been looking into not just the paranormal, but demons. But I always like to get like the background to see how people got started and what it is that they're doing. So please do share. Uh, sure. Um, I've been investigating the paranormal for about 12 years now. Um, I'd say that I got involved in the paranormal, paranormal by accident. Uh, I was trying to prove to a very skeptical friend of mine that ghosts are real. And I took him to a local cemetery that had a lore of three women in white that would chase you out if you went in there, um, protecting the cemetery. And in that process, as he's giggling the entire night, um, I was in front of a little girl's grave. And um, I collected my first EVP of a little girl responding to me and not realizing this till the next evening, um, what I'd actually received on audio. And about two to three weeks after that first EVP, um, I saw a shadow of a little girl in the corner of my bed. And that really was the trigger into my interest and um, in, in reading and, and, and just absorbing everything I could to attain new experiences with that knowledge, with every new experience that I would have. And um, yeah, it's been quite the journey ever since. My goodness. So you, you didn't grow up having this uh, interest um, fully, did you? You didn't have any experiences at all growing up? Um, there were omens that did take place when I was younger, but I didn't really think about them until the first year or two getting involved in the power. Because I would think about why would a, you know, is there any sort of signs that I would have thought of that would, you know, be, you know, some sort of <laughs> inkling of things that I get involved with. And there were a couple of things. Uh, when I was between eight and 10 years old, I was running home between houses. Uh, we had a house out in Long Island. It was near the bay. Um, and uh, I saw some high dead grass in the corner and I saw something in the corner of my peripheral vision and I went to run to it and it was a satanic book. It was burnt out on the edges and I picked it up, had this really unsettling feeling, threw it down, ran home crying to my mother as any child would. 
Um, and there was a couple other things, um, such as three years before I got involved in the paranormal, a girlfriend of mine came over to a house that I was living at the time with roommates. And she never told me this story because she thought I would have thought she was crazy. But when I started posting things on about the paranormal and doing it, she felt the courage to actually say this to me. And what she experienced that night was she pulled up to my house and saw this black hooded thing with black eyes um, staring into my window and it turned its head looking at her and then disappeared. And she said it was the most terrifying thing that she'd ever seen. So, you know, there's, there's a couple of weird things um, that I experienced that I would think about that were kind of just little clues of the future that I would land in. Um, but yeah, this is kind of like a middle of the road type of thing that happened out of nowhere because really music and singing was my first passion. And that, these are my two passions of uh, the paranormal, spirituality and music. That's amazing. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence. I find that a lot of people who are artists of any kind tend to experience the paranormal like like we're just more sensitive we pay attention to nature around us and other little things because whether you're drawing or singing or playing musical instruments it's it just seems to be a common thread have you noticed that well i mean like you said artistry and spirituality really go hand in hand i mean obviously people that are um creative in in that way um actually connect and and even if they don't even realize it, they are maybe connecting on a spiritual level where they get some of their inspiration from. And I've even wondered, you know, some of the lyrics where I've come up with with, over the years of the songs I've written, I'm just like, you know, I look back at somebody like, where the hell did that come from? Um, So I really think that there's a spiritual um, inspiration with a lot of uh, the creativity from some of these talented artists out there, whatever artistry that is. So I definitely think there is a connection there. That's amazing. Now, uh, you had an awakening experience to a different level, though. You looked even further within to find that you are gifted to an extent, correct? Yes. Uh, Within the first year or two, um, I started to have premonitions, um, hearing things, feeling things, seeing things. And it's funny because in the beginning, I I started to read books about demonology. I was fascinated by the taboo corner of the paranormal and the most extreme type of activity that could manifest during an investigation or during a residential case of, you know, some of the pioneering years of people that were helping people like, you know, Ed Lorraine Warren or, you know, John Zaffis or, you know, even my mentor in demonology, Ralph Sarchi, um, and reading these books about, you know, all these amazing things that happened. But, you know, I was actually paranoid at the time because I I'd read that demons can make you think that you're psychic. And, you know, you have these psychic abilities out of nowhere. And that's kind of how I felt, because you'd think if you had psychic abilities, it would be so prevalent throughout your life, even in your impressionable stages of your life. And I was kind of concerned about that. Um, But it was happening to me. Um, But I think it was the combination of actually triggering myself and engaging the spiritual realm and that acknowledgement and that connection and openness to the possibility of, you know, the spiritual realm. I think that just things started to happen to me very, very quickly. And I was thinking that I was skipping quite a few grades um, in the subject of experiences where a lot of people probably would never even experience being involved for many years. Um, But (laughs) looking back now, it's just, I just, I've experienced so much. It's it's really crazy, which can be accustomed to with (laughs) with all the stuff that's happened. Yeah, yeah. It, there almost seems to be like a, a contagion element when it comes to odd topics, whether it's paranormal or ufology or cryptozoology. It's like when a person opens their mind to things and or show an interest in it, suddenly uh, it, it's it becomes a part of their, their life. I, I ran a, a UFO paranormal discussion group for many years and people would come just because they're interested. Next month they come, they've had an experience. And I'm like, 
it's it's amazing to me how that occurs. But I mean, have you uh, come to any conclusions why that might be for yourself? Why it opened up to such an extent? Um, well, like I said, I believe that there were kind of little clues throughout my life. But um, again, acknowledgement and knowing what I know now is that acknowledgement is such a profound element in the paranormal and what a lot of these human um, earthbound spirits actually um, thrive off because they haven't left the earthly plane because they haven't been able to let go of, um, you know, whether it's a home or location, an object or people that they care about, or they want justice for their death, or they feel like they're robbed of their death, or they're guilty um, of being a bad person in life and afraid of judgment. So, you know, all these different things that go on connect to reasons why these types of things happen. Um, it's just, you know, with all these experiences that I've had up to this, this point, it kind of makes sense and kind of, you know, just formulate some sort of way of approaching things and having the knowledge and um, the way that you're going to actually handle these types of things as they happen over and over again. Yeah. And how did your family <laughs> deal with you having the interest that you have? I mean, they're to- totally supportive. I mean, both my parents were, you know, very, open to things that I was experiencing and just kind of being baffled by it. I think my mother was pretty concerned about some of the stuff that was happening as anybody would, because some of the dark, creepy stuff was happening to me right at the beginning. Um, But I think that was for a purpose because it really was guiding me into, um, you know, the path um, where I was supposed to be and the types of things that have to go up against, um, you know, dealing with the darker side of the paranormal um, with the, you know, malevolent and demonic type stuff. I see. And, you know, uh, oftentimes on this program, I'm very, very forthcoming on the opposing force to something evil and devilish. So I'm curious, what is your faith background in battling such things? I mean, well, I was brought up Catholic and I approached this from a Catholic um, standpoint. Um, you know, you know, when you're growing up and you, you go through the motions and, uh, you know, you wonder about these things and it's because of the environment that you were brought up in, you're being brought to church and stuff like that. But, you know, when I actually started to witness evil um, spirits and I went straight to my faith and prayer and to actually witness malevolent forces react negatively of things of religious significance, that just brought so much validity to my faith. And that's why it's so, um, you know, important for me to have that with, you know, the way I approach the paranormal, because I'd be in serious trouble, um, you know, to witness this stuff firsthand, to know that it's protecting to you and seeing this stuff react in that way. Um, you know, I think anyone in their right mind would want to, you know, be running towards that <laughs> notion to protect yourself, because you can't fight these things with uh, fists or guns. It's not a physical muscle. That's your strength. It's your, your spirituality um, and your faith. Truly, you know, and, and it always blows my mind. I, I get so many emails and people are like, I don't get into that religious thing, but I just saw the devil. What do I do? I'm like, well, throw a shoe at it then, because you just told me you're totally acknowledging evil, but screw that other stuff. You know, I'm like, come on. You know, I think we need to be a little bit uh, less hard on ourselves when it comes to the topic of what amount of faith does it take to be able to take on something like this, you know, and, uh, and, and to have a little bit more confidence. Have you come across that a lot? Well, you know, I don't judge anyone who has a different faith system than I do. I, I think, you know, whatever the individual uh, person is supposed to experience in their life, maybe they're guided in that path to do whatever they're supposed to do. But I was guided in this journey, in this path, 
And, you know, from all the firsthand experiences I've had, that's why my faith has gotten to the level that it is in this present day. But, I, you know, I definitely see in all the residential cases I've gone on some of the confusion and some of the lack of, you know, direction that they have and the, the um, you know, the, um, the notion that they um, actually will find some sort of spirituality, but then kind of like fall back on it. And it's like a little bit, it's not fully, um, you know, pushed forward to the point where they can actually use it a hundred percent. And then some of these things will actually come back into their house and they'll have more activity even after, you know, the help tries to come in. Right, right. I get you. Well, we're going to get to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Tired of thinning hair and not so thrilled with the options to reverse it? After 10 years of extensive research, Dr. Nathan Newman is proud to introduce Reveal. Easy to apply Reveal. Works great on men and women and is used in the comfort of your home. Applied morning and evening. Free of parabens, sulfates, silicones, and dyes, Dr. Newman uses stem cell technology and natural ingredients in this revolutionary product. It's the only product that can be used for men and women without having to worry about side effects on your heart. It wasn't an accidental discovery. It was really made for the hair, so it doesn't have all the side effects that all the other products that we had. Because it was made for the hair, it really has very good effect very quickly. You will see the changes in your hair, not in two years, but you will see it within two or three months. You will see that it's thicker, is more lustrous, better. And the more you use it, the more it will continue to benefit and maintain the hair because it's a fight against our genetics and against the hormonal changes that we get. Once you start using it and you see the benefit, you want to maintain it by continuing to use it. Reveal is a luxury home care system applied twice daily that is as good a treatment as you would find at the most exquisite salons at a fraction of the price. And only at HealthyLooking.com can you get Reveal with free smart delivery shipping. Simply enter discount code GEORGE. Time to return to a fuller-looking head of hair with Reveal from HealthyLooking.com or by phone 24-7 at 800-604-3129. 800-604-3129. Genuine Reveal is not available in stores. Order today at HealthyLooking.com. Reveal. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I have Sean Austin, and he was speaking on his experiences when it comes to uh, the demonic and the paranormal. And I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have come across? I think I have four lifetimes worth of ghost stories and evil spirits. Um, Gosh, there was a documentary that we just released um, regarding a story I wrote about my second book, Shadow Chaser, the in-between of a girl that I tried to help. And it was just as I was reading about demonology, I didn't learn enough. And a girl was pregnant while she was possessed. Um, and I have audio and video documentation of no one wanted to touch this case with a 10 foot pole, because if something happens to the baby, um, then, you know, you could be held responsible. But this girl latched on to me and I feel emotionally invested to try to help her in any way I could. So documenting evidence, even from States away, and having her document stuff as it was happening and even activity in my own home as I would talk to her would occur um, to back up that claim. And I have audio clips of her speaking English backwards. Um, she would go into a trance and carve an upside down cross on her pregnant belly and think really just disturbing stuff and give a defining moment that um, there's an audio recording on the documentary, which is called Devil Down South. Um one of the times she was on the phone with me and she was speaking in like a man's voice, but it sounded like a layered voice. And I have the recording and uh, you know, she's basically saying, Sean, she's mine. Something you hear just out of a movie. And I had a six inch crucifix with me and I'm on a normal phone call 
And as soon as I put the cross up to the phone, she hissed at me. And it's just one of those things that you know, try to wrap your head around it. You know, why would it react in that manner? And, and, and it, you know, she couldn't have known that I put the cross right up to the phone. And that's when it hissed at me. It's a defining yeah. moment for my faith. And it's just one of those examples um, of <laughs> the reasons why I take my faith very seriously. Um, there's plenty of other things that I've experienced, um, throughout the years. I mean, I've been pulled out of my bed by my, all sorts of, you know, black shadowy things, things with horns. Um, I mean, you know, going in some of these cases and you get the foul smells and the scratching on the walls and the people and stuff and having a psychic ability, even before going on cases, I would be visited by some of these dark entities because they know I'm coming and they want to sway you away from actually trying to help these people. But, you know, since I'm so <laughs> accustomed to this stuff and I know the drill, it's you, you kind of know what you may be dealing with here when you're going on a case and the validity of the case as well before you go. My goodness, that's uh, that's absolutely horrific. And I, I, I'm always uh, horrified at uh, people who think, wow, this is cool. Let me go dive into a, a cemetery and try to scare up some spooks. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? You're putting yourself at risk and, and those around you. And it, it's it's really um, it's a sad situation. Sometimes people find themselves in. Have you come across people who have toyed with like the Ouija boards and and whatnot, and gotten into a lot of trouble? Um, absolutely. I mean, obviously, um, again, the line of work that to be involved in this stuff, you see all the stuff that people mess around with. And even myself was coerced to play with Ouija board at the beginning of my journey. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I got oppressed from it, you know, after going back to Bobby Mackey's and I came home and it followed me for about two weeks. Um, it was trying to make me go to the cemetery by myself. I'd sit there and smell like rotting flesh and, and have voices saying hail to this demon and hail to that demon. Um, you know, I was sitting at my computer and felt burning on the top of my feet and I was bleeding on the top of my feet. There were three scratches on my left foot and just bleeding on top of my foot. And I even came out and my sister's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, is that the stigmata? <laughs> um, and wow. for about two weeks, I really had to mentally go through the pain, most painful experience ever. I, I couldn't even sleep. I'd be, you know, pacing up and downstairs at five o'clock in the morning. I felt like I was watching my family burn alive and my life was over. Like, it, I mean, that's what these things do. And looking back that what I experienced and having a deeper <laughs> firsthand um, experience when it comes to oppression, which is the psychological breakdown of the individual before it could lead to something even more serious. And that's what they were doing to me. But I know that God let me go through that so I could have a deeper understanding of what people go through. So when I go on these cases and I do see some sort of oppression taking place, it's kind of like a, a drug addict to a you know drug counselor who used to be a drug addict themselves and saying, I've been in that dark place too. I can relate to that. I know exactly what they're doing. This is what you need to do. Yes, definitely. I always say I'm someone who has been there, seen that, experienced it, freaked out, found some answers, got over it, wrote about it, and now trying to help other people do the same thing because yeah. it's like you could totally understand and relate 
along the path like oh oh this is coming next okay get ready this is what you got to do i i feel you i feel you and it's it's so very important that uh i think that and i'm not i'm not biased but i kind of am when it comes to researchers who have been through uh the ordeals that that you're you're trying to research and write about and help the next person about because you know somebody looking at it from the outside only being objective it doesn't quite hit home i don't feel so well, uh, yeah. that's why these bad things happen to us and uh, you know whatever genre of obstacle that human beings are supposed to endure it's for a reason life is not about being perfect it's about learning through struggle and people that have these spiritual experiences i think it's individualized for our purpose our sole purpose why we came here it's part of our life journey for these specific people and some of us that are involved in the paranormal and it's an opportunity for us to learn through it and whatever it is in life it's about how you cope with dark experiences and are you going to make that take you down and be a shadow for the rest of your life or are you going to turn into something positive and use that experience to help yourself and further yourself um you know on a spiritual level and or or help other people and whoever you encounter with that experience however tragic or however horrific it can be it's really about making our soul stronger and learning from the things that we should appreciate and be grateful for. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, I, I don't know why God would, would allow such a thing to happen to me. And I'm like, well, you know, you, you don't feel like you always needed something to happen that is on the negative uh, end, but you do get stronger when you're through the other side. So um, yeah, it's, it can be puzzling, but you know, coming together like researchers, experiencers, authors and, and whatnot, uh, it's like we place our piece of the puzzle in there and, and hope to solve some of the riddles, but nobody has all of the answers. But I, I find that those people who are holdouts in sharing what it is they've experienced, like some of these stories, like I'll get the email and it's like, I haven't told anybody this, but I would tell you this, please don't share it. And it's like, Oh my goodness. If only, people would put out what they're experiencing out there to the world. I think we would have more pieces to the puzzle. And I, I agree with that. And that's how I felt because I never thought I'd be a published author. And now having two books out, I think it's important, even if it helps one person or thousands of people, it's still making a ripple. It's still making a difference. And that, that's why these experiences happen to us to go, you know, reiterate on that. That part is just like, th there's an opportunity for us to learn through this stuff. And if you keep it inside, you're not going to be fully helped. You're not going to fully learn from that lesson and you can't help others by keeping it to yourself. It's kind of like even just an artist who keeps paintings to themselves and doesn't get to share that amazing joy to the world that other people can enjoy who appreciate art. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about these uh, books that you have out. Sure. So my first book is called Shadow Chaser. Now, uh, the name is actually interesting because I didn't just come up with it to have a cool name. I have a good friend of mine. Her name is Judy, and um, uh, she knows a psychic that she trusts. And one day she showed a picture of me, and she doesn't know who I am. And she's like, what is your psychic impressions of him? And the first thing she said is that he is a shadow chaser. And she said, well, what does that mean? She says, well, he's meant to take shadows and send them back to where they belong. So that is why I called my two books that I've released so far that name, because of that, because it really <laughs> resoundingly uh, feels like that is the path I'm, I've been on. So anything that is from the dark side, you consider to be uh, what you're chasing? 
Well, just dealing with that sort of thing, because I, I have like a way of approaching the paranormal that a lot of people don't, not just helping people and going on cases and blessing a home or doing the exorcism ritual on a location. Um, it, it's helping the spirits, trying to pray for them um, and show evidence of that, um, getting down on an individual level with these spirits, not just letting them speak to us, but giving an opportunity of why they're staying here, why they're stuck here, or why they may actually be um, held and trapped by a dark force, which is something that I've actually experienced many times, which is even the subject case of my first book, the story in Shadow Chaser, and also this uh, recent documentary, Malefice. It's a true story of a demonic haunting based on that story. And what happened there is that I went to a location in Ohio uh, with a friend, Dave Spinks, a fellow investigator, and ended up finding out you know, psychically and the experience there that there was some sort of evil doctor that was doing illegal abortions on the prostitutes from the brothel across the street. And some of the babies might be buried on the property. And I think he was murdering and torturing these women. So within a couple of days of investigating this place, these, these women were asking for help. I prayed for them and I believe they crossed over. And for about five years, this evil man in life, whatever he was, there was a demonic force behind it. I don't know if they were combined in one or whatever it is it wanted to take revenge against me and there was a relationship that i was potentially being involved with with a, a lady a girl um and uh, there was there was some sort of influence there to try to uh, sabotage it and it took responsibility for it and i knew i had to return back to that place to validate my experiences throughout the years of it wanting to take revenge and what initially happened and then i did an exorcism on the property to rid the evil from that property and me once and for all and that's just a, a whole different Different level of what I do is like you can really piss off evil spirits if they have these souls that are trapped somehow and you think about you going residential cases and these are souls that the devil is trying to get they're trying to get these souls but you're talking about souls that are already passed away that are stuck and these demonic spirits are responsible for them and to constantly keep them in a suffering experience um, and if you take a soul away from the devil you know, you're talking about being an adversary to the enemy of man, and they're always going to look to take their revenge against you. But that was a really unique experience, and it's something that I have had happen before, but it's on a spiritual level, not your typical thing. Yeah, I don't know about you, but when I tick off something evil, I always take it as a big compliment um, because it's like that's exactly the response I was hoping for. Thank you very much. So, all right, we're going to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll be right back. If you feel stressed, suffer from fatigue, moodier than usual, or would like to fall asleep easier and sleep more soundly while losing weight, do we have something for you? Accelerate and Elevate. I take Elevate Performance Supplement in the morning for energy and laser focus for work. Then before bed, I take Accelerate, weight management and sleep combo. And indeed, I now sleep soundly through the night. Plus, I'm losing weight. It's amazing. I've maybe gotten four to five hours of sleep max a night. I'm sleeping between six and seven. I wake up to use the bathroom, but I go right back to sleep, which has never happened before, which is pretty awesome. I noticed a higher level of happiness. I also noticed that I wasn't taking naps. I had more energy. I was more in the moment with my kids. Like we were laughing more. We were more excited. Every single person needs to feel this. I lost 10 pounds and five and a half inches off my waist. And I'm so proud of myself. It gives you energy. It helps you sleep better. It just works. I stand by it 100%. I was on 
a handful of medications to help me sleep, to help me be happy, tons of therapy. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I've lost some pounds, um, inches mainly. My family has me back. Try Accelerate and Elevate. Discounted for listeners to the show. Plus further discounts with the George Power Pack, including a free gift. Learn more and order now at our website, energyfocussleep.com. That's energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. So jump on the path now to all day energy, better sleep, and weight loss with Accelerate and Elevate. Energyfocussleep.com, energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I have Sean Austin. He was sharing about his background and his books that he's written. And uh, you've also been guided and mentored along the way in some very unique uh, areas. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, around the time I actually had my own podcast um, and I really enjoyed having a podcast because I was bringing people on and really picking their brain because I really think that we can all learn something from each other. Everyone has their own way of having their own experience and and diversified events that they have and how they perceive it. Um, And one of my guests that I was trying to reach out to was Ralph Sarchi. Um, If you don't know who Ralph is, um, his book, um, Beware the Night, ended up being the inspiration for the movie 2014 Delivers from Evil which Eric Bana was a cop and it's based off his book and a bunch of his cases. Um, Ralph worked in the beginning with Ed Lorraine Warren and was mentored by uh, Father Malachi Martin and Bishop McKenna, which are probably the most uh, respected exorcists of our time around the pioneering days. And it was very humbling to be around people and any, any people um, during those times when there were no TV shows, people were just doing this for the research and to help people. Um, and I was very humbled that Ralph took me on. And I ended up being part of a, um, you know, a three-part series for Discovery back in 2015, The Demon Files, where I was an investigator for Ralph. Um, but throughout the years, I um, kept up my relationship with Ralph, and he mentored me further. And that's how I approach um, demonology and learning about demonology from his, his background. I've learned a lot from him. Amazing. Now, have you come across uh, an increase of activity during this pandemic where people are oppressed, depressed, and becoming possessed more? Um, I mean, possession is very rare. Um, it's it's more, more of a lot of oppressions um, where people are literally being influenced to be depressed, sad, or angry um, to the point where they could potentially want to harm themselves or others. Um, obviously, the pandemic and a lot of the negativity and the emotional state of so many people and not knowing where our world was going and what's going to happen and the feeling of being trapped and all that stuff um, can definitely contribute to negative energy because negative energy um, thrives off negative energy. And if it's intelligent in nature, that's why they latch on to people, especially who have dark backgrounds, abusive backgrounds where they're abused or drug abuse, whatever it is, because they know that they can amplify that and feed off of it. So if there's a scenario or a location or a place where people are suffering in some sort of way and are indulging or having negative thoughts and being depressed and doing whatever it is that brings that darkness into their life, there's going to be darkness there to try to feed off of it. So absolutely, I believe that's a contributor um, during the pandemic, and I have seen a lot of people being oppressed and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I it's uh, definitely been running uh, the gamut, uh, the different activity and the different things that people are reporting out there. And uh, I've also seen uh, a connection between a lot of other paranormal activity. Have you come across people who report experiencing things like lights in the sky or, or alien beings as part of uh, some of their even poltergeist-like activity going on in their homes. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard about people seeing things in the sky. I've seen some questionable things in the sky, but the alien thing is such a um, sparse thing um, compared to ghostly things because I feel like the ghostly entities that are around, they're everywhere. They're right there in front of us. It's, it's right here with us. Um, that the, these potential alien things, we really don't know what they are or what people are actually seeing, whether it is something rational or not. And even if you know anything about the demonic with their visions 
or their lucid dreams, and if they're seeing aliens and feel like they're being abducted, knowing what we know about demons, they can actually disguise themselves into whatever they want and to create uh, you know, a fear scenario um, where people could actually be distracted and think it is aliens or something else, when in fact it's trying to induce some sort of negative psychological attack on the person because you know we know that demonic entities don't want to be discovered to, for their true actions and intent with, with their tactical um, actions against us from the shadows. Exactly. I say they hide for a reason. And uh, yeah, shape-shifting is also an element that's associated with different alien beings. And it's like, hold on, isn't that biblical? <laughs> isn't that, uh, uh, you know, can make themselves appear as something else? And I always say to people, close your eyes and feel what's in front of you and just go with that. It's like putting it in a category to say it's alien or demonic. It doesn't really matter if you deal with them in the same way. I, you know, it's like if it feels evil, yeah. it smells evil. I, I think it's evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it is that, you know, if, if somebody was having a lucid dream experience involving an alien abduction and they feel like they're being abducted, what, what would that person be able to do? Nothing. But if it was a demonic thing and they're feeling like it's something spiritually uh, involved, then that person or individual would have a better chance of discovering what it truly is and what it's trying to do and have a better chance to get the help that they genuinely need. Oh, it's been interesting. Uh, some of these aliens, they recognize the name of Jesus. Is that something you say in Jesus yeah. name, leave me alone. And Oh, the aliens left. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you know, that, that is funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing. And I yeah. have witnessed this stuff firsthand. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, things, anything evil. Same here. Significance. Oh, same here. My gosh, it's it's been a wild uh, experience. And um, having uh, discovered, named, and now trademarked Shadow People and Hat Man, and having the thousands of stories come in from all over the globe about these things, and having aliens show up right alongside of these things as well. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't it? I, I think it's fabulous that the, the force, the name, uh, Jesus is recognized uh Universally, it's it's fabulous. <laughs> it's a great tool to have. So, and speaking of tools, <laughs> when you go into a situation, is there something that you do to prepare yourself, or do you bring along with you? I mean, if you're talking about protection, I mean, you know, um, Ralph um, has a relic of the True Cross Jesus was crucified on. Anything it touches is considered a third class relic. It has touched my Saint Michael pendant I wear around my neck every day. It also had been touched by all the St. Benedict medals I use when I'm sealing a property and putting in the four corners of the property to displace the energy out so it doesn't come back in. Um, you know, prayer and holy water. I mean, it just depends um, if I feel like I'm walking into something more serious. And because I'm, I consider myself my own piece of equipment, um, I'm using that ability even before going to a location or talking to somebody over the phone with some of the things that I, I'd be picking up to prepare myself if it's going to be more serious um, than normal and whether or not I need to bring somebody on to actually help me. Um, but, you know, I, I use the scientific equipment and some of the ITC pieces of equipment to validate some of the things that I pick up psychically and validate also and cooperate with the people or the family, whatever they're experiencing in the home. Gotcha. So you generally do these things uh, solo, except uh, when you're, you're uh, along helping Ralph out? Well, Ralph's actually taken a step back. Um, I've done obviously cases in the past with Ralph, but um, you know, if I need like any sort of knowledge that I'm not aware of, I would I would go to Ralph and ask his advice. If there's a case that's a little bit more complicated, just to, to get some extra feedback. 
Um, but if I needed like an individual to actually come with me on a case, just to actually have an extra pair of hands, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's more serious and I would do so. And with some people that I trust. Gotcha. Are you finding that uh, sometimes you're able to just counsel people and do this remotely? Um, well, you know, when you're talking to people, you can figure out if, if they're dealing with something truly paranormal or if it's something that they're kind of trying to distract themselves from uh, their life that they're not, you know, trying to avoid or face. Um, and I have seen a lot of cases where you know, there's nothing really going on that's paranormal where they might just need somebody to talk to and be guided, um, you know, from kind of, you know, acknowledging stuff that may not be there. And you could actually attract something into your home that wasn't there in the first place because you're playing around your house and constantly investigating your home when your home needs to be your sanctuary, your place of peace. Um, so it just depends. Yeah. Isn't that wild how sometimes people go through and doing uh, EVPs and nothing was there before, but it, sometimes they just see what you're doing and they kind of creep up on you and start singing a song in your mic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is like a lot of these places that I've gone to that are just, you know, you, you know these places that I research, or I go investigate like places that are just have these interesting urban legends. And you go there and it's just like you find out the urban legend most likely is not true, but you go there and it is haunted. Mm. And it's probably because you have a lot of young kids who show up at these places they read about on the Internet and they actually mess around with the occult, like the Ouija board and whatever they want to do to antagonize or try to create um, you know, activity for themselves so they can have a thrill and actually make a place that wasn't truly haunted before genuinely haunting after what they did with their free will. Unbelievable. Well, Sean, what, how can people get a hold of you if they want to uh, get your books or need your services? All you have to do is go to my website, seandaustin.com, S-E-A-N-D as in David, A-U-S-T-I-N. I mail out signed books, uh, DVDs, shirts. Um, I'm also a musician and singer. Um, I, just, I mail out signed CDs anywhere in the U.S. Otherwise, you can get my books off Amazon or my music online. And there's my email contact as well. Wow. I really want to thank you for coming on this program. Really fascinating work. And I I wish you the best for your future work as well. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Remember, go to my main website, HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. And tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what's going on. Fill out the form that you see there and give me the details. Ask your questions. Share your research. Share your perspective. This is what this show is all about. It is a show made for you and made by you, in all honesty, because it's your material. And it is the stuff that I've been covering for a long time, things that I've discovered myself. But the heart of the show is the stories. I love to hear the stories because I think feeling out what is going on, hearing what's going on and trying to decipher it. It is all part of this. So yeah, don't hesitate. And again, I still welcome, of course, if you don't want to have your story shared, I get it. I understand. Uh, I saw it firsthand going to this UFO conference recently. And wow, um, no one wanted to go on record, but it happens. What can you say? What can you do? But, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I brought up this whole topic, this episode, is because I had a tremendous email sent to me that was so moving and it was so inspiring and it had so much good information that I feel like so many people could have benefited from. But first line, they said, please don't share this. I just biting at the bit like, come on. (laughs) So, yeah, I get it. 
And then other times I'm like, darn, but what can you do? But, well, you guys have come to the bottom of another program. I hope that you learned a lot. I know that I did. And uh, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.